Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. I want to mention something good to you. I noticed uh, several people that uh, Jody and I know have um, mentioned recently I think it was in this last week at Asbury Semin- uh, Seminary, maybe some of you saw that, the outpouring of the Spirit of God there, and how it just, God is, God is starting to move, and we need to continue to pray and to seek His face, uh, because I believe God has a plan, and as they, they said at the semin- seminary, that, uh, that it was just nobody initiated anything, it was just God started moving, and one of the things they mentioned about is an awakening or, or what we may term as revival. I don't like the word revival as much, but really it's an awakening of, of people's hearts uh, where God actually starts working in our lives. And we need that in our world today. We need God's presence in our lives. And I, I know it takes different forms, but we, re- we really need Him. This morning, we're gonna jump into a subject together uh, as we look into the Word of God. And uh, we're going to look at uh, how, how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. Uh, and if you've worked at a, in the public at all, if you've worked in the public at all for a period of time, uh, you've likely encountered people who are abrasive, right? <laughs> and, uh, and may, you know, they, you, you see those abrasive people and they come to your place of business and everyone knows when that customer comes and and they set foot in the door, and some may look at their fellow employee, uh, and they may uh, nudge him and say, hey man, I'm going out on a break. So-and-so is here, uh, and I, I got the first dibs on the break. It's up to you at this point. Uh, and so you, you let them go, and you, you run into the other room while they have to deal with so-and-so, and, and say the guy's name is Rob. If your name is Rob, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but if it's Rob, uh, if he's a follower of Jesus or not, I, I don't know. Uh, it may be the case, but either he hasn't learned to respect himself or others, uh, and, and maybe he really hasn't experienced true forgiveness. And if he has, it could be that he hasn't translated that forgiveness, this forgiveness towards others. So I want to speak to you this morning and challenge you about live forgiven. Live forgiven. Uh, and forgiveness really is it's a powerful virtue. It's so important. As a virtue, forgiveness represents moral demands that may, may not be satisfied by actions alone. Not only how we act. And, and, but, but it requires certain motives or uh, dispositions of character. So the forgiveness that we receive can have an impact on how we relate to other people around us. Uh, but sometimes, uh, sometimes we realize that people don't uh, translate the forgiveness they receive into forgiveness that they give. And that can happen fairly easily. And Jesus speaks of this over in Matthew's gospel in chapter 18. And we're, we're going to look there in just a moment. Uh, but but uh, we'll see what he says. But this is not simply a message on forgiveness per se. It's not simply just on forgiveness. But, but it takes you to a higher level on forgiveness, how it needs to be able to translate and how we relate to others around us. 
That's, that really is a whole nother kind of level. And you know the abrasive uh, guy, maybe Rob, that, that comes into your store. They may, they may have received forgiveness at one point, but didn't really, it didn't translate them how they related to people. Jesus would say that's a major issue. He would say that's something that needs to be uh, taken care of. So, so here, uh, here's our focus today. Live from the place of having been forgiven for yourself. If you started living this way, wouldn't this change the way you treat others? Wouldn't it change the way you treat others? If you started to live forgiven, wouldn't you have a different view of your own self? Peter asked Jesus a few questions about forgiveness over in the scripture, and that's where we come into chapter 18 of Matthew. But, uh, and, and he does this, and Jesus also lays out how once you're forgiven, you need to let it translate into your life so that you can turn and forgive others uh, and to live forgiven. So let's look there in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 together. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the, the settlement, a man who owed, owed him 10,000 bags of gold was, uh, was brought to him. That's a lot of cash. Uh, since he was not able to pay, the master could, uh, ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now, we're different times, right? Different times. And I had the debtor's prison deal. But uh, then in verse 26, at, at this time, or at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I, I will pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him and concealed, uh, or uh, concealed the debt. No, he didn't conceal the debt. Uh, and canceled the debt and let him go. So he released this guy, 10,000 bags of gold. Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, you're kind of like me. You, you feel relief for the servant themselves, right? You kind of feel, hey, th this is good for them. You want to jump up and down for them because of all that they went through. And he even offered to pay everything back, but maybe it was going to be a, a loan extension or maybe they would give some kind, make some kind of agreement to work it out, but... But this king or this master, he decides to just uh, let him off the hook. 10,000 bags of gold. Big businessman. That's major forgiveness, isn't it? But Jesus takes uh, the parable further to teach us about forgiveness. And sometimes uh, it doesn't translate. And people forget about their own debt, which was forgiven. We can, tend to be, we can tend to be forgetful, right? I don't know if you're forgetful or not. I, I tend to forget things a little bit myself and forget, and sometimes it's so I can move on and do the things I need to do, right? But, but sometimes we, we don't, we, there's things that we need to remember that has happened to us. We need to remember what God has done for us in our lives. So look at verse 28 here. He says, but... When that servant went and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Come on, man, be patient with me. So here the parable comes and around again and we find this servant who, was, who has been forgiven 
10,000 bags of gold and searches out a fellow servant who owes him a little money. It's not much. In fact, it's just only silver coins and not all that many in comparison to what his debt was at a small portion. Maybe the, this first servant had been hiding under, under wraps trying to stay away from his master so that he couldn't find him and kind of was shocked when he did and now he's stuck and he kind of needed some money to put in his pocket and uh, and there he is. He's like, well, hey, I know how I can do this. This one dude owns me a little bit of money so I can go to him. And then instead of just asking him, he's like, he's like choking the guy. He's like, puts his hands on his throat. Like, give me the money, man. Give me the money now. And, and so it becomes this whole deal, this whole problem. We see it there in verse 30, and he says this. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he would, could pay the debt. They had that debtor's prison back then, that type of thing. And uh, you, would, you could be put in jail until you paid it up. Now, that's tough because it puts their whole family in a, in a stressful situation because uh, the family then has to try to make things work. How do, how do you work from, from uh, jail, right? And how do you, in the, those kind of situations. So they have to figure out how to pay this off. But, uh, so how could the, the servant do this after he's been forgiven such a big debt? A significant debt. And, and how many times have we done the same kind of thing? How many times have we as individuals done the same kinds of thing. Look at what Jesus goes on to say here in verse 31. And he says this, uh, when the other servants saw what, uh, when the other servants, others around, the other witnesses saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. It's like, this is unjust, man. That's not right at all. So there, there's no way this, the king was going to leave this alone at this point. And in verse 32, Jesus goes on to say, then the master called the servants in. You wicked servant, he said, I, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how the heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. He's making some pretty strong statements here. Jesus, the Son of God, uh, uh, and he's trying to help us to understand the reality of how important forgiveness is. And if God has forgiven us, shouldn't we forgive others? But Jesus is giving us an idea how God works. Jesus shows us how we need to really live forgiven. That we need to live forgiven. We need to live that way, live out our lives. And I said earlier, I want to pull you along here with me, simply past forgiveness itself. That's one thing. You can't really separate these, but I just want you to come along with me on this journey a little bit. Uh, we know that forgiveness is important. It's very important. And it's paramount in our relationship with God and with others around us. It's a significant thing. We know that, but here are two things that you need to think about a little bit. The first one is this. If you haven't really been forgiven, if you aren't right with God, it will affect how you treat yourself and it will affect how you treat others. 
So if you aren't right with him, if you haven't worked things out in the sense of trusting him and allowing him to be Lord and allowing him to take your sin and to carry that on the cross as he has done for you already, it's just we trust him by faith. If you haven't, then it will affect how you treat others and yourself. Now, your personality may be good, right, in the sense of you may be one that tends to forgive and all that, and that's good, that's wonderful. That if your personality is like that, but, but there's more to it than that because it's a, it's a change of a heart, right? The second part of this is if you follow Christ, and he's forgiven you, but you won't forgive yourself. Think about that. If you won't forgive yourself, this will affect how you treat others and yourself. I know some people say, hey, don't get too far into psychological stuff, but it's a reality of what happens with people. Sometimes they say, well, I messed up so bad, uh, God's really not going to uh, do anything good for me. I know I'm forgiven, but yeah, so God really can't bless me. And so then you live your life. And then it affects how you treat yourself and others. So you have to let this sink in for a little bit. If you're forgiven by God and brought into his family... You need to let his forgiveness towards you translate into forgiving others. Uh, and, and, but if, you're, if you haven't made things right with God, it's some, it is going to have a long-term impact on your life. And probably a long-term impact on the lives of others around you as well. See, some people in our world today simply say, I'm going to heaven. I mean, just in general. And they don't base it on truth. They just say, I'm going to heaven. A lot of times what happens is they simply base on what grandma said uh, because she served Jesus or grandpa or a neighbor because they served the Lord. Or, or, uh, or maybe they based it on the fact that they see themselves as a good person. How can you judge that if you don't even know what the word of God says? You really can't rightfully discern what, uh, what is right and wrong if you, if you don't know what God says about it. But for those of us who follow Christ, we're pulled to the center of the room before God when the Apostle Paul starts writing to, to uh, the Corinthian church over in 1 Corinthians. And we see that. If you look with me there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we find it there. In verse 19 and 20, he says these words. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Are you not, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It's interesting. He, he said, we have been bought with a price. We've been bought with a price with the blood of Jesus. For those who follow Christ, we've been bought with a price. He gave his lifeblood on the cross for us so that we could have eternal life, Right? He did that for us so that we might live, so that we may have a hope, so that we can be with God the Father in his presence when we leave this world. He did that for us. See, this is part of living forgiven. How we use our bodies is, uh, is uh, some would say today that it's a forgotten truth, but this doesn't mean it isn't in effect. So for the follower of Jesus, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, glorify God with your body uh, and glorify him in that. And some don't live forgiven in this part of life because they view uh, their view of their own past prevents them from doing what is right. 
They've seen themselves in a certain light, and because they've seen themselves in a certain light, and because even though God may have forgiven them, they end up going and they say, well, God, you know what, uh, you may forgive me. I don't know if I can forgive myself. And then somehow they get it all mixed up and they start walking down the path God doesn't want them to walk down. Because they made mistakes or because they did other things which hurt them and, and they give up. So they don't live like they have been forgiven and they don't treat others like they have been forgiven. The person who can't forgive themselves even when God forgave them prevents themselves from healing. They actually prevent themselves from healing. And if you stay, stay in, uh, in the hurt, once you are forgiven, you may wonder how can God make someone like me the temple of the Holy Spirit? And probably some of you have heard that in your mind. God, how in the world could you use me? How in the world could you work through my life? So what do they do? Some of them, they put a needle in their arm. They put a pill in their mouth to cover up their pain. They engage in a relationship they know is not right. They sabotage what God has done for them. Some simply try to cover the pain by, uh, inside by, uh, by serving in the community in a unique way, even doing that, trying to cover the pain, but that won't fix a heart condition. That won't fix those things. But they, now they need to accept not only the forgiveness of Christ and that what he brings, but also let go of their own past and forgive themselves. Don't live in the past. You cannot live in the past. When we live in the past, it rules us. If we live in the past, it controls our future. And Paul reminds the church in Corinth, uh, as, we, as we read some, uh, another part of this, uh, he, he writes these words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And this is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, once we received forgiveness, once we received forgiveness from God, when we accepted the salvation which Jesus uh, gave us through faith in his shed blood on the cross, he, he did something for us. He did something very special for us. And, and what did he do? He washed us, he sanctified us, or he set us apart uh, from how we were before. It was something he did for us, inside of us. And then finally, he justified us. He justified us before God the Father through Jesus' blood. He made us just as if you have never sinned. It's a wonderful promise. Then he calls us to live forgiven. He calls us to live forgiven. Did you notice uh, what I said there, in, uh, what he said there in verse 11? And that is what some of you were. That, that was, what was he referring to there? Well, if, if all you have to do is go back to the last previous verses uh, and verses 9 and 10 and listen to what Paul wrote under the Holy Spirit's guidance there. And, and he says this in verse 9. He said, or do you not know that, that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, this is New Testament, friend. 
friends. That, that's the Apostle Paul writing. And, and then Paul goes on to say in verse 11, and that is what some of you were. It's like, guys, you came to faith, you put your trust in the Lord, and, and you came part of the, became part of the body of Christ. And Paul was plain in his short list here. It's not an all-inclusive list that he's laying out here, but only includes some of the heavy sins. And he, he's, saying, uh, he's saying, no heaven, no kingdom of God uh, for these peoples. Yet, he says, you used to be that way, but you came to faith. And I know it's not popular to speak, uh, preach on something like this, but it's the word of God. God's word has, doesn't change. It's a reality. Uh, and, but he doesn't leave it there because God isn't alone with us at the point of at the, uh, God, because God isn't done with us at the point of conversion. When, once you come to faith, he's not done with you at that point. He's still working on you. I know that when I come to faith, I know, I know my journey. I know what it was like to walk with him. And I know that he wasn't done with me either. He's still working on me. He's still working on me today. A couple years later, he's still working on me. And that's the way it is for us. He still is transforming us from glory to glory. He's taking us from one place to another. Amen? Or do you not know? And he says these things. He lays it out. Since we've, we've come to faith in Christ, we've been forgiven of our past, but we need to live forgiven. We need to live that out. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us and recognize what he wants to do in our lives. You know, I, pre I presented these uh, verses to you out of, out of 1 Corinthians kind of backwards on purpose uh, because I think sometimes what would happen is people shut down early on because they're pushed off uh, they're, they, or they push it off by their neighbor beside them and say, well, it must be them. It must be them over there, right? It must be this person or that person. And we have to be careful not to do that. I, I can't always point and say, well, Jody needs this instead of me, you know. <laughs> Uh, so that, that wouldn't be nice, would it? Uh, no, I need it, right? And you need it. We all need it, right? So we need to let God's word seep into our hearts because he loves us dearly. He loves us dearly. He cares for us. And remember the Holy Spirit was speaking through the Apostle Paul here to those who were already forgiven and God was still working in their lives. He was still helping them. You know, what is, uh, Paul also says over in Romans chapter 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? He's saying, hey, let some change take place in your life. And usually it starts with our thinking because of how we view things and how we handle things. And so we also see this in 1 Corinthians uh, as a book, we see it, uh, that he's speaking in the immediate context to believers here. And in verses 7 and 8, he says this, the very fact, he goes on and he uh, handles something else here. He said, the very fact that you have lawsuits among you uh, means that you have, com you have been completely defeated already. Then he says, why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do, not, and you do this uh, to your brothers and sisters. He's trying to challenge them. Uh, and you look at what he says there, it's like, he's like, you guys have already been completely defeated. We don't want to be there, do we? We don't want to be in that place. We want to be people who are, are willing to forgive and to move on. And, and in verses 7 and 8, Paul pulls up to the table on how we can treat other believers. It's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy living life 
and, and, and interacting with people. You know, if it wasn't for the people, it'd be easy, wouldn't it? You know, we could just go out and live, live out there on uh, one of the farms in the middle of 5,000 acres and not have any interaction, and it would be great. Uh, be a little boring, other than talking to sheep and cattle and donkeys and stuff, but, you know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. People do that, right? But, but, but just saying interacting with people, it's important, and we have to make sure that we stay forgiven. But even if, even if you're with, uh, fi- in the middle of 5,000 acres with the sheep and the donkeys, you got to live with yourself, if you think about it. And then the neighbor comes over, and then the neighbor comes, in the, uh, and uh, you got to talk to them. got to be nice to them, too. Let's move on here, and we see what the Scripture says. When it comes to live forgiven, we find a woman in the Bible who had lived a really an irresponsible lifestyle, and the Bible calls her a sinful woman. She had likely lost respect for herself. And had caused her to make some really poor decisions. And with that, she had carried the weight of her own choices and likely the choices of others. And, but then she met Jesus Christ. And Jesus was, was eating at a religious man's house. They were hanging out. Probably was before the Super Bowl. I don't know. And, and there, there they are. They're eating. And uh, don't worry, that wasn't the Super Bowl. And uh, so there they are. And... Uh, she meets the Lord. And Luke records what happens here in Luke chapter 7, verse 44. Then he, Jesus, turned towards the woman and he said to Simon, Simon was the guy that owned the house. He said, do you see this woman? I came, I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. Then he goes on to say, but whatever has been forgiven or whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then he says in the last verse there, he says, Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. When you've been truly forgiven, it it will be shown by your love. When we are truly forgiven, it's shown by our love and and how we relate to, yes, ourselves and to others. And she had a, a great sin from what Jesus says. And because of his great forgiveness, she showed it by her great love for others. This really takes us back to the parable that Jesus told over in Matthew chapter 18. And uh, it was there, the servant of the king was forgiven himself, but he faced a fortune of debt and, and was fixing to lose it all. But the king had mercy on him and forgave his debt. And it's much the same for us who follow Jesus. We had a major debt. You and I had a major debt and we needed to be forgiven. And that's why Jesus gave his life on the cross so that debt could be forgiven. He bore it. He was sinless, the scripture tells us, but he bore that on himself for us. What, what, what did he, what, what, what did this, what did this woman walk through? 
Were there times that she did not forgive herself and so she continued to go down the same pathway? Maybe for yourself and your life, you may not be the same type of situation, but maybe there's things in your life where you've allowed them to get in your pathway and you haven't, you, God has forgiven you, but you keep allowing them to come back in because it is, you just say, well, God, I don't know. I don't know, does it even matter? Is, there, is it even worth trying anymore? It is worth trying. It is worth trusting. It is worth looking to him because God does care. He loves his people. He loves you. It, do, it doesn't You know, I, I talked a little bit about Micah this morning and, and the judgment that took place and, and, uh, with the people of Israel. But, but even the reality is, is that God loved them so much. And he loves us too. See, this woman's forgiveness, the forgiveness of her sin translated into how she related to others. She responded with love and generosity and kindness. But, but the servant who had been forgiven maybe, maybe millions of dollars is 10,000 bags of gold. That's a lot of cash. And, and, and he wasn't grateful, but he became greedy. Even Paul listed greed there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in verse 10 as one of the things which kept people from in, inheriting the kingdom of God. It really ma This matches between the parable of the servant and the account of the forgiven woman. I don't know where you're at in this for your sake. I'm not sure where you're at with this, but have you been forgiven? but simply haven't been able to push uh, uh, what has driven you to the side, you haven't been able to push that to the side, is today, it, today is today to bury that hatchet, to let it go, and to give it back to God and allow Him to work in your life, to actually allow Him to bring forgiveness in your life, and then also to forgive yourself so you don't keep going back. Allow God to work in you. He loves you more than you can even understand. You, you may never even fully understand how much He loves you, loves you but you understand this through the work of the cross by him giving his life on the cross for you it shows that he gave everything for you he gave everything for me and for us we want to give everything out of our hearts because of what he's done for us Jesus has done so much God has done so much for you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. For those who are born of the Spirit of God, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been forgiven so much. Show your love towards God by living forgiven. Show your love towards God by loving others and living for being one who lives forgiven. When you do, it will change your life change the world around you. Living forgiven will change our world. It starts with us. Too many times I even hear people say it now and then. So and so needed that message. <laughs> They're right. They needed that message. But we need that message. We need it because we need Him. Father, we need you today. Father, we need you more than anything else in our lives. 
Jesus, we need the grace that you have provided for us. We need the hope that you've provided for us, Lord. Help us, Lord God, not to, not to live just from our old pain and our old hurt and the things that have happened in our lives. Help us to live out from the grace that we have received from you, from the forgiveness that we have received from you at the cross. We receive what you have done for us, Lord, and help us to be able to share what we have received to others around us. Father, we thank you. We need you, Lord. We need your presence. We need your grace. We need your power. But more than anything, we need to share this forgiveness that you've given to us, Lord. Father, I pray for those here in this place that maybe they haven't come to a place it's a place of turning towards you. They haven't opened their hearts to you to accept what you have done. Maybe they're online with us. Maybe they're here in person. But it's time for them to accept that today. If that's you, you say, Lord, I'm going to put my faith in you. I trust you and I accept what you've done on the cross for me. Come into my life and be my Lord. I'm going to follow you the rest of the day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I'll encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody. Don't just tell me. You can tell me. I'd love to know it. Tell somebody. If you're online, make sure you post it on Facebook or instant message us to let us know. Friends, live forgiven. He's forgiven you of so much. Now we can turn around and share that forgiveness with others. Amen.